We just heard one of those Gospels that if you're anything like me, it's hard to pay attention to the entire time. For one, it's long, but also in the very beginning, you hear a sower went out to sow. It's like, oh yeah, that one. Like, I, I know what's, what this is all about. It's a long one. And not only that, the disciples approach Jesus and say, we don't get it. And so he then interprets it. So you may be sitting there saying, Father Mark, I'm good on this one. I know the interpretation. Jesus explains it. You can just go sit, sit down. Well, I've got a couple words here. I want to look at a catechism quote. I want to shed light on a problem. I want to name three barriers. Then I want to give us some homework. So first, catechism quote. The catechism mentions this parable of the sower in a very specific way, in a very specific context. In paragraph 2707, this is in the section of the catechism where it's talking about different uh, types of prayer, vocal prayer, meditation, contemplation. And it's talking on the importance of meditation, and that is meditating on the scriptures, particularly the gospels, not just reading it, but meditating upon it, praying with the scriptures. This quote says, 2707, Christians owe it to themselves to develop the desire to meditate regularly, lest they come to resemble the three first kinds of soil in the parable of the sower. So notice how the church speaks here. Like we, we owe it to ourselves to meditate on the scriptures. It's, it's for our benefit to have union with Christ, to be fully alive. And note the warning. It says, if not, if you don't meditate regularly on, on the scriptures, you come to resemble the first three kinds of soil. What's the end result of the first three kinds of soil? Death, lifelessness, no fruit. Right? That first soil was just path. It had no chance. Instantly dead, no life. Second soil, right? it fell on the, the, the second soil fell on the, the rocky ground. What happened? No roots. The sun, it came up and the sun just quickly scorched it. It wasn't, it's not strong enough. Third one was falling amongst thorns. When lives get hard, and of course we know life does get hard, there's just, there's not, it can't compete. Notice the two things that Jesus mentions there. With the world, it mentions the anxieties of the world, it mentions riches. So if we don't meditate on the scriptures, it says we'll come to resemble. That is, over time, we'll be Christians, right? We'll act less and less like Christians over time. We'll speak like Christians less and less over time if we're not meditating on the scriptures, if we're not spending time in it. If we're not rooted in God's word, I'm not thinking with the mind of Christ. And so we resemble the world. It's just default today that that happens. Like if we're not in the scriptures, the default position, because the stream of the world is so strong, we just end up starting to think like the world. And we know that the world wants us to think a certain way, to be sure. 
and the pull is strong, and it leads to toxic soil, one of those first three kinds. So that's why the catechism says Christians owe it to ourselves to meditate upon it. So the problem, problem is, given all of that, many of us don't read the Bible every day. We don't meditate on the scriptures. That cannot be anymore. Not with how strong the pull of the world is, wanting us to think a certain way. A lot of times, you know, Catholics, generally speaking, get criticized for not knowing the scriptures, at least not as well as our Protestant brothers and sisters. And a lot of times that criticism is, is well-founded. But the reality is the way the church talks about what we're supposed to, how we're supposed to read the scriptures, how we're supposed to treat the scriptures, the way the catechism talks about it, that we're to revere the scriptures as we are to the Eucharist. You notice the book of the gospel, Deacon John carried over here with reverence, lined in gold plating. We reverence not necessarily the book, but the words, because God's word is power. That's the point of the first reading from the book of Isaiah today. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord says, my word does not go forth from my mouth and return to me void. My word shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. In other words, the Lord is saying, that's what my word is like. As rain comes down and brings about fruit and has things grow, that's my word. It's power. It's effective. It transforms. It changes us. Pope Benedict talks about daily meditating upon the scriptures will bring about the new springtime in the church. You and me daily meditating upon the scriptures will bring about the new springtime in the church. This isn't an extensive list, but let me name three barriers why people don't read the Bible every day. The first is intimidation. We're intimidated. We're not sure to where, where to begin. Like I'm, maybe I'm thinking I'm doing something wrong. I feel like maybe I'm a little bit out of my league. I'm not doing it right. Don't be afraid to dive in. We do not need a PhD or a theology degree or to be a priest to read the scriptures. Simply what we need is an expectant heart realizing that God wants to speak to me right now. The prime, and that's the primary purpose of, of, of reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures is encountering a person. And so with that, start with the Gospel of Luke. I had numerous people all the time tell me, you know, like, I started reading the Bible, Father Mark. I didn't really know, like, what I was doing, where to start. And I just get discouraged. By the time you get to, you know, through Genesis, you get to start with the Gospel of Luke. 10, 15 minutes a day. Even that gives you just one paragraph in the Gospel of Luke. Start there. And work your way through the Gospel of Luke. Second barrier. Time. Busyness of life, running, running around, dropping kids off. Work, time. 
Let me just say, maybe all of us to be real here, time as a barrier, as an excuse, it's garbage. You and I make time for things that we want to make time for. Make time for this, for reading the scriptures. My brother, it's a family, little Ethan, five years old, Isabel, three years old, and Jude, two years old, before they go to bed at eight o'clock, their bedtime's around eight o'clock right now. They come together, they sit on the floor, and they read a Bible story to the kids. And then they go around and they just, what did you hear, Ethan? What did you hear, Isabel? Jude, what did you hear? To create that space. Third and final, and I'd say probably the biggest of the three barriers that we're naming here this morning is a cedia. Cedia is just a, a word for spiritual sloth. What I like to call that is the meh attitude. Right? Practically speaking, when you get into the thick of things early in the morning and you got your phone there with the Twitter feed and Facebook and YouTube, and then you got your Bible. Or in the evening, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, you've got Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, and you got the scriptures. If this consistently wins out, consistently, Do two things. First, ask God for the desire to increase in your heart and my heart the desire to turn to him more and to receive his power in his word. He loves when we're vulnerable with him and just asking him, Lord, put this desire in my heart more. And secondly, just do it. Just, just do it. And so with that, homework for us. If you don't own a Bible, go out and buy one. Your own personal Bible. I was heard that a parishioner here owns a Catholic bookstore in town. Two hearts or something? Buy one for your children. Grandparents, find out if your grandchild has a Bible. If they don't, buy them one. Money is tight. Email me, call me, speak after a mass. I will give you money to buy one. Or just better yet, go to Two Hearts and start a tab there. Okay? Just say, This is on Father Mark. I'll go there next month. I still have ordination money from three years ago left over. Okay? Or maybe if we have one, it's blowing off the dust. key component of this parable is that Jesus communicates how generous he is with his word. The sower that we just heard is a fool. No farmer worth his weight goes ahead and takes seed, which is expensive, and just throws it generously all over the place. Oh yeah, some fell on a, on a path. Some fell on rocky soil. Some... That sower is a fool. Farmers now, take one, right? Like, you, 
it's put that seed an inch and a half deep or two inches spaced out. They're very particular. But that's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is Jesus saying he is foolishly generous in wanting to impact our hearts in the scriptures. He's foolishly generous on how he wants to break into our hearts in the scriptures. We just need to give him the opportunity. Maybe just to say too, there should be, right, if we're feeling a, anything in our heart of, like, of an accusation maybe right now, know that that's from Satan. He loves to show up in churches. Uh, like, man, like you should have been doing this a long time ago. What's the matter with you? It's a lie from Satan. Just say, be gone. Know that he, the evil one, wants to keep you and me from spending time in the scriptures so that we can resemble one of those first three kinds of soils, which leads to lifelessness, no fruit, and death. So let us not leave church this morning without a game plan of when we are going to read the scriptures and meditate upon them tomorrow.